Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, podcast listeners. Thanks so much as always, and thank you from our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Dedicated solely to uh, making sure you're not going to get screwed by the insurance companies. That's right. Now, they may not use that language, but I did. They'll document any actions of bad faith by the insurer, and uh, they'll protect your rights and hold the insurance company accountable. That's a good thing. They're not Morgan & Morgan. they got offices throughout the state of Florida. If you file a claim and you don't get back what you think you should, it's not over there. Call the Morgan Law Group. They'll go out and fight for you. Storms, hurricanes, roof damage, lightning, mold, fires, boats, sinkholes, you name it. Give a call today, 888-904-2524, or go to policyadvocate.com. On with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols and pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Hour number two, the Seminole Headlines. Right now, brought to you by our friends at Birch Orthodontics. Yay, Dr. Birch. We love you. And we appreciate you sponsoring the program. Hour number two in particular. Things are going swimmingly. Uh, did she respond to last week's show, Ira? She was mentioned on the program and your little visit. Um, and you guys, I don't know if you got a chance to, to talk about the team since that time. No, we haven't. But uh, I, think, I think she kind of embraced the ride or die orthodontist. I think we may we may be uh, work, working on some. Uh, she wasn't real thrilled that Corey was kind of thrown under the bus, talking about how all these years with Birch Orthodontics not getting Nobody a lot of wins. Did. Yeah, but then you know, Register shows up and they beat the number five <laughs> team in the country. She didn't well, love that, but sure. she she liked how I saved the day with the ride or die. She's the OG. It's the OG orthodontist. I like it. Not, yeah. not very O, not very old, not very O, but the original, the original yeah. uh, orthodontist in Tallahassee. Uh, Dr. Birch, birchorthodontics.com is the website. You can get free consultations. They've got payment plans. They do unbelievable work and uh, huge Florida State supporters. And uh, again, just loyal, 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 loyal. As we said, we don't we don't have sponsors that are not up to snuff, but these unbelievable sponsors are still sticking with Florida State football even during the dark times. So people need to remember that and appreciate that. It makes it all the more rewarding when we come out the other side, when there things are working, when we get to those victories, which are right around the corner, guys. Right around. You can around see them. You can see them. Things are going to happen. We're going to peek our head around and go, there they are. Yeah. There they are. Let's pursue them. <laughs> Great vigor. <laughs> Walter writes, hello, sports fans. Let me start by saying I hate Mark May. He never let go of that 36 to 22 loss in 1980 and took every opportunity to trash our program when he could. 
Are we in 2012? I was going to say, this is, this is <laughs> relative. It has been 40 years, and I'd like to remind him of that trip to Doak. Pittsburgh mm-hmm. couldn't handle Ian Book's running game, and they won't be able to handle Jordan Travis. Their ability to run the draw was their only highlight against Notre Dame. Do we stop the draw or give up the middle of the field? Well, Ian, Ian Book apparently did give them a lot of, tro- a lot of trouble um, with his mobility, so that could be a good sign. Uh, yeah, and, and I forgot. Yeah, that makes sense. It's it's relative because Mark May played at Pitt. Uh, was that the last time they were here? Was or no? They came in '82 as well. Um, it's been a long time since Pitt was in Tallahassee, though. Um, that team, though, that 1980 Pitt team, it had like five, four NFL Hall of Famers on it, twelve All Americans, twenty eight draft picks. It was an incredible. It's still probably the best team Bowden ever beat. It was the uh, last good Pitt team we ever saw. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. People don't realize it. From like the mid seventies to like oh, the early eighties, yeah. it was a dominant program. Marino, Dorsett, and now it's just like every six years they're sprinkled in a Hall of Famer that somehow comes to Pitt. Whether it's Larry Fitzgerald, Daryl Levis, yeah, um, Connor, Connor. The, uh, Connor, yeah, they have these guys that just show up that are awesome, but the team is always mediocre. But they always well, have one awesome player around them. I think we talked about this at the time, but yeah, you know, Tony Dorsett. I saw an interview with him. Uh, earlier this year and he was talking about how like back then they, it was before the scholarship limits so they would sign like 50 dudes in a class so that makes it a little bit easier to bring in you know to, to yeah. land some some big time players and back you know in the northeast before all the factories shut down the northeast i mean the, in the midwest the, the rust belt produced a lot of great football players so it's uh, times have changed yeah i will say this by the way uh obviously i attended the first ever Jameis winston start against pitt up there Went to a Corey. You sat next to me during the Pirates Cardinals game. You remember yeah. that? Yeah, um, of well, my, I remember it. It's yeah. the highlight of my life. There you go. My dad was there. We all yeah. had a good time. Uh, but 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 also my dad I, was not. No no. Yeah. But what I remember, what I really remember, besides all of that great time, uh, I remember walking on Pitt's campus and looking over and seeing Monk Bonasort's brother selling shirts. That's right. And I stared at. I go, that guy looks just like Monk Bonasort. And I, I couldn't help it. And I, I kept staring at him. I go, that has to be a relative of Monk Bonasort. I was at a distance. A distance. So I walked over, and it was. It was Monk's brother, who was a stud at Pitt. Uh, mm-hmm. Was a really good player, well-known. All the older Pitt fans would walk by and yell his name while I was talking to him. Yeah. It was a really good conversation. It made me smile. We had a good talk about Monk and... Uh, rest in peace, Monk Bonasort, obviously. But uh, yeah, that, that's what I remember about the last. That's that's my memory of Pitt. Jameis lighting their ass up and my friendly yeah. conversation with Monk Bonasort. Was that the last time Florida State and, played them? Uh, yes. And it was also the birth of uh, Straight to the Limo because we had gone downstairs. That's right. That's right. Larry Fitzgerald was, uh, his entourage was taking him to the limo. So that's we've got fun. It all started. Pitt. Yeah, we love Pitt. We love yeah. Pitt. And, and to the heart of the question, Mark May was terrible in that role. He was awful. He was mean. He yeah. was vindictive. He did not seem to enjoy college football or right. anything about it. And it was insulting when when he and Lou Holtz, he and Lou Holtz were wrapping up an entire day of college football, this billion-dollar business, while Reese Davis wore a robe. That's just oh. the most insulting 20 yeah. minutes of college football <laughs> analysis that could ever be given. Can you imagine, like, the NBC show uh, before the Sunday night game? Where yeah. it's uh, I don't even know who they have. Who they have? Rodney Harrison. Yeah, dressed in a robe with a gavel. No, well, they take their job seriously. Reese Davis uh, had the look of I cannot believe that I'm still stuck here doing yeah. this with uh, these guys. You know, 
when is Fowler going to leave so that I can take over right. what I'm destined to do? Yes. Chris writes, Blackman is listed as the number two. Do you think he'll play as the number two or Chubba? I think it's Chubba. Chubba. I, I, it would be, you'd have to switch the game plan entirely to go back to Blackman, and they're not good at that stuff. They don't do the passing downs well, and they would have a lot of passing downs if Blackman was the quarterback. Chris writes, great job, guys. You bring laughs and good discussions. Thank you. Kyle writes, hey, guys, if you take the all the draft-ready junior seniors on this team, which ones would Norvell and staff want to actually come back for another year since the NCAA is allowing for it? So that doesn't count like Terry and Marvin and well, Asante. Yeah, well, obviously they want them back. Yeah. I think Emmett Rice, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I think Emmett Rice, it's not like they have a lot of great options at linebackers. So I think Emmett Rice would be one. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, the other ones are obvious, like Nashville Dean and Asante and Tamari yeah. and Terry. Yeah, I think those guys are the obvious ones. Um, Third, I guess. Greg writes, guys, do you think Bobby Bowden in his coaching prime could turn this football program around any quicker or better than Coach Norvell? Thanks for the great show. It's always a fun discussion. Every coach, no matter who he is, including legends to be, are very unique to their time. Uh, a lot of times they're the perfect fit in the situation that they uh, either inherited or, or moved on to. Uh, and the sets of circumstances that change make that hypothetical really difficult to vet. Uh, Bowden was perfect for Florida State, an up-and-coming program, a program that needed uh, a folksy figure like that who was as affable as he was with the press and open as he was to the press and allowing them to come in and cover this team uh, because they really had uh, nothing of a marquee name. And so that sort of, uh, you know, folksy, gregarious nature, um, I think, helped bring about more attention from the media and thus the program grew and was featured more. And then also he was able to win in the living room because of that personality and recruiting. Uh, but, but it was a very different time. I think Bowden uh, was a great coach, obviously. Uh, but if he inherited this nightmare that we're talking about right now uh, with the exact same set of circumstances that Norvell has, I don't know that anybody would turn it around any quicker. We, they, no coach that we could talk to or point to ever dealt with a global pandemic. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's it's different because Florida State is what it is now because of Bowden. When Bowden took over in 76, there were no entitled players at Florida State. Right. They were being recruited by Troy and UAB and Memphis State. Like, they, were, they, they didn't think they were God's gift of football. They didn't think they were all going to the league. They were just happy they got to play football some more after high school. But, look, he took over a team that was awful, a program that was awful, and – they got beat 47 to nothing in their second game of his career against Miami, and that was not a good Miami team. The very next week is 50-something point underdogs. They lose to Oklahoma by two touchdowns in Norman, and I think that's when it turned around. Like he, It, it didn't take him long because they went 10-2 and two his next year. In his second year, they went 10-2, they went and two, yep. but it's such a different sport now. Like Bobby Bowden was innovative, and a lot of people didn't think the forward pass was part of football, and Bowden made it a part of Florida State football, and teams couldn't – Teams weren't good with it. They they hadn't seen a lot of offenses like what Bobby Bowden was doing. He was innovative. He wasn't just a great recruiter. He was a great at that time an X's and O's guy too. But well, and I think no, that's fifty years ago. Like it's hard to even think about the different. Like even compare and contrast. That's what I'm saying. It makes the football. hypothetical really difficult to yeah. even that. But uh, but I do think one thing that you can bring into current time because I know some people are making the comparison to Boston College and how have they had that success so quickly. Um, that they've had. And I think to the point Corey just made, when you 
or Jeff Halfley, and you walk into Boston College, you're getting kids who have never been five stars, who've never been expected to be at the top of, of the sport. So there's a, there's a level of coachability that you're going to get that you might not get at a Florida State in a program where these kids were a lot of four stars and five stars, and they've done nothing but lose during their college career. It's a totally different situation where the situ- where Boston College and Florida State, the problem at, at Boston College, just like it was for Wake Forest at Jim Grove, is there's a ceiling to how high yeah, you can go. You don't get them to be so good, yeah. And so you can get – I think you can turn around a program like that pretty quickly. I think it's much harder to turn around Florida State. The difference with Coach Bowden, the team he inherited in the 70s, was more like a Boston College in the sense of, you know, you can come in, get kids to play hard, be innovative. Uh, you know, and, and you saw Coach Bowden, the changes he made on his coaching staff. He went from, I think, Jack Stanton had took, had one approach as defensive coordinator. Then when Mickey Andrews, and they started getting the better athletes and they could dominate people physically, they went with Mickey Andrews style. And Coach Bowden made that change. So you can't compare situation to situation. Even, even in today's football, what's going on at Boston College, I don't think you can compare to what's going on at Florida State. Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Keep those questions rolling. Nicholas writes, how likely are we to see a defensive revival? Is the makeup of the team baked in? Or with this, with this record, do we see any indications of players waiting out the season? Thanks for all you do, gents. A revival this season? Um, defensive revival. Yeah, yeah. There's not the chances aren't very good this season. I, I can't envision that happening. Maybe they get some confidence if they can hold Pitt to under 20 points, and they they play with a little more confidence. But you know, NC State would probably uh, rip them of that confidence the very first quarter of the next game. Sorry, I'm so down, everyone. I'm I trying not know. to be down. I, I, listen, if you've watched Bailey Hockman, and I know they had to move on from him because he's awful. Um, that, I don't know that NC State would remove their confidence. They, they, that team is a completely different team now that they've lost their quarterback. Yeah, we'll hate see. it for them, but it is it has been. We don't hate it for them. No, you're right. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I hate it for those that guys. Kid. I hate it for the kid who broke his leg, but I don't hate well, it. Well, right. Broke, yeah. Uh, Trent writes, "Do I hammer the Knolls minus two and a half against Pitt? We may be sorry, but so are they." So it's two and a half now. I know it started at one. Yeah, Ira seems to think it's, go big on Florida State here. Bet it, the house, bet the mortgage. It yeah. uh, it did shift a little bit when they lost their safety, uh, their all yeah, American club safety yeah. who who's decided to stop playing. Um, I mean, I, you know, I think from a big picture standpoint, it seems like Pitt's going in the wrong direction. It seems like you'd like to think, especially from the again, I I I was impressed by just how optimistic and energetic and positive. The, the offensive coaches were when we spoke to them on Monday. I think that's a good sign. I think they were very similar the week of the North Carolina game. I think they felt good about what they were going to do in that game, and you could tell it in the interviews. Um, so I think they're going to play well, man. I, I really do. I, I I would not lay points with this defense, um, but, I, you know, I, I do like Florida State in this it's game. It's only two and a half, Ira. If you like yeah. Florida State in this game, what do you think they're going to win, 20 to 19? Very you like possibly. them to win. Very possibly. Paul writes, what's up, Sausage Fest? Let's talk about something fun for a change. In the progressive, don't be like your parents' ads, I have the following. 
Corey talking loudly on a speakerphone while walking through the store because he just seems oblivious to the world around him. Ira directing a stranger backing out of the parking space because he seems the most like a Southern gentleman, even though he's not from the South. I think the South stops at Live Oak, Ira. Yeah. Jeff, I have reading a book on submarines like his dad, because, you know, the dad thing. Correct. Um, so those that he's that those are the roles. But I don't picture Corey on a on a speakerphone in a store. He probably hates people who do that. I do. I do. And I, I and I will talk on a phone in the store, but I have headphones on so they nobody can hear the other side of the conversation. And I, I try not to talk that loudly or. Yeah, I just don't do that at all. I'm trying to think. I mean, I'll read a book about submarines. If we're going with that commercial, I don't, I don't. I don't think you would. Maybe not about submarines specifically, but I read books that maybe other people wouldn't read, or they think they're old man books. I'll read those. Like I read well, a book like, about a guy that wrote a uh, yeah. a famous article about uh, Hiroshima. I read right. a book about the making of that article. Stop about it. Hold on a second. You're talking about something different. We both love history, so I'm in the same boat. I'm reading those kinds of things because of the history that it represents. If you actually sat down and read a book about a submarine, not a submarine that went on a famous mission that helped change just the war, but just a submarine. Yeah, yeah, you're not doing that. You're not no, doing that. You're none of us, none of us should, and if we did, we should be put out the There's no way Ira's helping anybody out of a parking lot. Oh, you're crazy. You're not I'm making eye it. contact. If somebody asks you for something, you keep walking. You're, you, you're, yeah, you're acting like you're on the phone. Come on, man! You're not you're not going to be courteous to somebody you don't know. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I would uh, not. I I might actually, you know, I might I might actually stop traffic for them so that they can back <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's how I roll. Corey writes: Which FSU football head coach would make the best politician, and which would make the best political leader? Uh, so, and then Corey wants also to know pos positions and political platform aside. He wants to know same for the three of us. All right, let's go with the coaches first. Um, I would say David would be the best candidate, I think. Who oh, said Florida State? I said Saban. Oh, oh I said yeah, Florida State coaches. Oh, across okay. all sports. Get your mind right, man. What's the matter with you? You just read it. I'm not. I'm tired of this. I'm not thinking. <laughs> I think uh, Trey Jones would probably be a good politician. I mean, I think he'd like look good in the ads. I work he, with Trey every week. We're dear friends. Um, good looking, good looking guy. Good looking guy. He's a smart guy. Yeah, well spoken. He's mindful of others. Yeah, he would probably play the game. I people. think Sue. I think Sue would be a really good politician. Sue Simmerell would be. Yep. Yeah. Um, she's had to be because she's got to get people to go see women's basketball. Sure. She's got to sell some, selling something. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I think Leonard, just because he's he's older and distinguished and has lived he's some wise. life. Moreover, he's, he's wise. Yeah, very wise, and he's and he's lived through a lot of tumult in the this problem, country. The problem with politicians is that uh, if you are wise and you're in it for the right reasons, you get chewed up and spit out. You yeah. got to be unsavory, and and you have to be for sale. Well, that's why I think I'd be a good politician. I, going back <laughs> to the other question, what, what, you know, yeah, I think I I think I'd probably maybe be the best because I'll say whatever you want to hear in the moment <laughs> and couch it just enough. Then yeah. if it comes back up later, I'll be like, no, 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 I meant this. And it or seems I misspoke. like your, your hyperbole might, might might work in today's society. Oh, it definitely would. Yeah, it definitely would. I'm, you know, yeah. I, I'm the only I, I would come up with a thousand crazy claims. You can't disprove all of them. <laughs> well, and then by that time, that I'm in office. Or, or yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, you don't have to say you don't have to say it would work. We, we've seen it work. It actually did happen. Right. So I feel like I feel like I might be the 
uh, I don't know, though. Je- Jeff's got some, uh, you're pretty bombastic. Bombastic, charismatic, capable of uh, engaging in great rhetoric. Sure. Yeah, I think yeah, I can I do it. I didn't uh, say charismatic, but I, uh, if you want to throw that in there, you can. Well, and the other uh, thing I'm good at is insulting people without them realizing for a few seconds. Yeah, that is good. That's a qual- uh, rare quality. <laughs> I could. Uh, I might run for school board. There it is. Oh, there I you like- go. Yeah, yeah, keep yeah. it, keep it low key. Approach. Yeah, I like it. Seminal Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Ryan writes, hello, Mr. Seymour, Mr. French Maid, and Mr. Waiting on His Sausage. So what exactly is Jordan's injury? He looks fine before the game, and he looks fine after the game. Is it a sprain, rotator cuff problem? Is it tendonitis flare-ups? P.S. Ira, did you know the Van Halen song that Jeff used in the North Carolina montage used to be the pregame song for the Orioles? I don't know if I knew that. Man, I never get to see Orioles like broadcasts. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah, I don't know if I did know that. Um, uh, so, so the injury uh, to the shoulder of uh, left Jordan shoulder. Pounds. Yeah, it was the yeah, left shoulder. To- Seems to be left shoulder, AC joint, something like that. Um, it seems like the best we can, from what best we can tell is one of those things that it, it can be okay for periods of time, but if it gets wrenched or irritated, it can uh, flare up on them. And, uh, but it's nothing that's probably going to get fixed until after the season. So just kind of something they got to deal with. Michael writes, bald solidarity compliment. Would you prefer a straight six and six season where we win and lose the games we're supposed to? Or this zombie apocalypse foobar nightmare we're experiencing now where up is down, left is right, and you never know what's coming from one week to the next. <laughs> this has been different. This has been a little bit different than the last couple of years. Keep you on really, your toes. Because really the last, you know, the last two or three years, I mean, you, you, you know, you got to beat Wake, you beat ULM and uh, Sanford. I answer his question. I'll tell you why. Because remember, before we beat North Carolina, all of us said, it's not illegal to pull an upset. It does happen. South Carolina went in and beat Georgia a year ago. That was the example we used. Georgia's on the wrong end of a lot of these examples. But there are, there are all these Georgia Tech, all these other times. But we're talking about this a lot. And it was exacerbating that we, we could never actually upset anybody. We had to search the annals to find a real upset that Florida State had pulled. Because um, we didn't really even count the Matt Ryan Boston College one. Because if you think about it, we probably had better players than BC. But But like... You have to go back a ways, and then it happened. We can check it off off the list, buddy. We had a big upset, and then got bombed by thirty something. Doesn't matter the upset. Uh, two and five team. It still happened. Yeah. Um, Lee writes. Uh, what do you What do you prefer? I prefer that. I I wanted to see an upset for the first okay. time in my yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Really, a legitimate upset. Yeah. Exactly. Lee writes, looking at the conference, do you think there is any chance that both Clemson and Notre Dame make the playoffs with a split between their game this weekend and the ACC championship game? Looking at the rest of the conferences, it's hard for me to imagine these teams not having a rematch in December while FSU is prepping for a return to Shreveport. I actually do think there's a good chance of that happening. It's hard to find a fourth team. Uh, I, I Listen. It only can happen, though, I think, if Clemson loses this weekend. If Clemson loses Trevor this Lawrence. week. That's what I was going to say. If Clemson loses without Trevor Lawrence – and, and then beats him. Yeah. Then I think because you a can't issue. hold it against Clemson that they're playing the sport, and they the reason they lost probably is because their player has COVID, and you have all these COVID protocols in place, and he's not allowed to play. You can't then say sorry, guys. Yeah, you don't get to play for the championship. It's like we we did but, everything you wanted us to do. 
what if what if Clemson wins with the backup quarterback, but then somehow loses to, in the rematch with Trevor Lawrence? Then they then Notre Dame's got a big win over Trevor Lawrence. Well, Notre yeah, Dame, then I think yeah, Notre Dame would get in at that point. Yeah, I think so. If they're yeah. eleven and one with a win over Clemson, and yeah, their yeah, only yeah. losses to Clemson, yeah. Well, but also look but, around. The Big Twelve is not going to give it anybody in. The Pac twelve is not going to get anybody in. The Big Ten has nobody left but Ohio State, so they're in. It's going to be Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, and one other team. And you know, Notre Dame's resume would be as good as anybody's at that point. You're right. Because Georgia, because be Georgia will lose to Alabama again, right? Yeah, I think then, Georgia's going to lose to Florida because they can't throw the ball. And then I, don't, Notre, I don't think Florida can stop the run, though. It's a, a nice matchup actually for you. Then Notre Dame at the end of the year, they're going to be in the they're going to be in the playoff. They're going to love being in the ACC. They're going to think this was such a great experience, and they're going to come on, jump on board, and uh, save the ACC. And so, then we get a we get a big football building in Tallahassee. There Let's you go. do it, Notre Dame. Brad writes show compliment here. If you had to create a presidential cabinet using only former FSU players, who would you select and for which position? For brevity, each of you can select just one or two positions. Gratitude for doing the show. Go Knowles. Well, I, I, I can tell you this. As a foreign service officer, I'm appointing either uh, Warwick Dunn or Derek Brooks. And I'm going to start there because he's my ambassador to the rest of the world. And we're putting our best foot forward with one of those two guys around the country, around the world for that matter. Good I choice. feel like Myron Roll should be somewhere in there. Stop uh, it. Stop it. I feel like um, uh, Marvin Jones should be in there somewhere, like his Secretary of Defense maybe. Well, yeah, I was going to say he has to be somewhere where his sort of intimidation and ass-kicking demeanor is his yeah. attribute. Uh, yeah. There's plenty of options to uh, lead the uh, Secret Service or the per personal protection team. A lot of uh, a lot of badasses throughout the years. Farouk, Ron Simmons, we could uh, – he's got to be on the – if you need somebody who's – well, i got to be careful how I word this. If you need somebody that would look the part, maybe lack the substance, but certainly would enter a room and, and, and seem to fill the role, Chris Ricks would have to be something. The gel in his hair, the suit, he's in shape. Yeah. You know, I so think he would – you know, I don't know that he would provide anything of substance, but he would have to. There aren't a lot of people in government that provide. He could, a lot be, of stuff. He could be chief of staff, or uh, uh, no, I think that's too important. I think he could be like comms director or something. Okay. Could yeah, do, I don't know do if that's briefings. a cat. It's not really a cabinet position, but they, we're, we're now we're talking about we're getting our team together. This yeah. isn't just cabinet. We can well, leave the cabinet. Empty. We're doing a lot of things here. We're yeah. figuring this out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, DJ writes, gents, as I love Coastal Carolina for the ATM, and they have been this season, We would uh, would we have a chance against them? Yes, they just got done getting their doors blown off uh, last did. week, didn't they? Coastal yeah. Carolina? No, no, they, 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 they beat the Jesus out of Georgia, Georgia State. State. I yeah. had it flipped. It was Georgia State that got the, yeah. the Jesus beat out of me. You're right, because uh, there was a Georgia State game earlier this year I bet on where they helped me. Okay, that's what it is. My apologies. The Chanticleers. Oh, and also Charlotte played Duke, and Charlotte got their doors blown off. Okay, I'm getting all my Carolinas mixed up here. Yeah. By the way, Willie Taggart is 2-1, and one, boys. Just let yep. you know. FAU's on a roll. Kicking ass. A couple of big wins so far. Steve writes, gents, strong positive comments for Dr. Birch, the Morgan Law Group registered sausage, positive comments for Ira and Jeff, so-so comments for Corey if he's talking about seagulls again. Any rumors that FSU baseball and basketball playing in front of fans? Ah, well, I, listen, everybody wants to know that. I think that's a, that's a big to-do here. I think most of us have at some point turned our attention to other things beyond Florida State football. Um, yeah. 
And, and basketball would be the first thing we thought of since it's a dominant program, one of the best four or five programs in all of the nation in college basketball. So uh, what are we hearing about, A, when the hell we're going to know the freaking schedule besides the ACC Big Ten Challenge when we play Indiana, uh, but also uh, what's going to be the protocol? My guess on the uh, schedule is since we're doing headlines right now, it'll be yeah, like within an, an hour, hour after hour. we yeah after we finish the show. It is supposed to be this week um, that we hear the schedule. And as far as the crowd goes, I know um, they're still finishing up all the details with the ACC's going to standard pro- policies are going to be and what each school is going to do. It's going to be pretty limited. I'm, I mean, I think I would be surprised. You know, it's 25% for football, but that's outdoors. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be surprised if it's more than 1,500. I mean, maybe 2,000, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if it's only 1,000. I know. I think it should be 10%. It'll probably, 10% would make sense to me. So maybe a thousand people. I, yeah. you know, I've talked. There's, there's different, there's different conversation being bannered, bandied about. I know the media is going to be really limited. I know Coach Hamilton, and his staff, are really um, want to do everything they can to keep it as limited as possible for the players and the coaches' safety. So uh, it's not going to be much of a crowd. I, I, I it may be, I would say fifteen hundred is probably the maximum, and it might be closer to a thousand. Do you think they've discussed uh, a more vital point to me is whether or not I get to sit in my box? I mean, so I, I said that'll box. probably be on the release. I yes. was going to say that I get my box. That'll be in the first paragraph. And Jeff Cameron obviously still has his box. Well, that's where he can pack with as many people as he wants. I don't want to pack it with a lot of people. If you two want to come up, that's fine. Maybe a couple of others, maybe a client here or there. But I don't need a bunch of people in my box. But I do need my box. Right. So the key is just that I have my box, I think is so, what we're getting at. So that was really the whole point of you reading this question and asking. No, no, you just, that's what, that's all you really want to know. You know. I just need to know that I've got my box. I've had the box for several years now, and I'd like to continue to have my box. It's a wonderful vista. Uh, I have a good time there, and uh, it's about me when it comes I think, to this. I think, I think baseball is going to be similar to uh, – I think baseball is going to be similar to what football is in terms of – well, I, I guess soccer has been having like three or 400 fans um, and that their crowds usually have been 1200 or so. So it's about 25%. So my baseball crowds usually could be up to 6,000, five, 6,000. So my guess is it'll be about a thousand or 1500 for baseball. I like the way Ben words this question at the beginning, my sausage slanging brethren. There it is. <laughs> Slang, slanging with an A. Yeah. Nice. My sausage slanging brethren. What's the minimum win requirement from here on out to turn the narrative on the direction of the program and win some recruits over? Is that even possible right now? Three, Corey. Three, I mean, if they could win three of these last games, I think it would be a positive. If they win two, I think it is what it is. I mean, I think th- any if they could win more than two of these last five games, I think it gives you some momentum. A little bit, maybe. Yeah, sure. It's still the Louisville game happened. The the you're still uh, selling the, the hope, Miami man. game happened. Yeah, it's still got to be a hope that you're selling. I don't know that there's a big difference between five and six and four and seven. I think the the pool you're recruiting from is probably pretty similar. But what I do think you're looking back at the end of the season, you can look back and say, okay, from the Notre Dame game on, we played well with a top five team on the road. You know, relatively, we beat a top five team at home. Forget what happened against Louisville. And then we won three out of the last four against teams not named Clemson. I mean, I just think there's something to hold on to there. If you only win two of these last four, yeah, I, I just think I think it builds more momentum within your with your roster. Like I think those guys start to believe more. I just don't know that if you're trying to get your big fish recruits, 
And there's yeah, 10 now, and 1 I don't think you're bringing in too many stars here, no. guys. you, you yeah. got to bring in players that but you I can think, develop. Yeah. I think it could help. I definitely think it could help on the roster itself. Like, they start to believe in what they're being coached. Nate writes, show compliment and sponsor love here. Question, would you want to cover the goofball antics of Dan Mullen or the just as bad defense of Ed Orgeron? Hmm. Well, we're currently covering the bad defense of Ed <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, we're, we're living that life. Yeah, uh, I, I it would be hard for me. Like that's what I was kind of getting at. It would be hard for me to like cover somebody like Dan Mullen. Um, just uh, you know, he he's just such a yeah. I, like I really enjoy him. I don't enjoy him, but I know he's a very good football coach, and so I can appreciate that. But as a person, it's like man, I would never sit down and have a beer with you. I just wouldn't. And that's how I judge people, guys. If I'd have a beer with you, it's a good way to judge people. I might add. Seminole Headlines continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Wrapping up the program. Before we do, let's get to some of these. John Janelle writes, howdy, good people. Now that we know Travis missed three-fourths of camp and is unable to practice much during the first bye, does it change your perception on how much he can improve? Also, Jeff, how do you feel about renewable energy? Well done, Janelle. I appreciate that question. Uh, as far as the uh, Travis stuff, well, I, I don't think he's ever going to be an elite passer, but I do think that they continue to add wrinkles that highlight his his ability to really make plays with his legs that then open up the passing game. Um, you can win with him. There's no question you can win with him. Uh, but you can't get into a drop-back passing game, and you can't be in third and obvious because you won't win with him that way. So – you know, I'm glad that he's getting healthier because I think you can add more wrinkles to the offense to take advantage of his skill set, which is truly unique. Yeah, but also, like, he did – I mean, it is something. He didn't get any reps. Like, literally, the reps yeah. he's getting now are the only reps he's gotten in two months. And so, yeah. he, t- him talking about on, – on Monday, him talking about, like, it was cool for him to be the starting quarterback for a bye week because there was no pressure – like there was, it wasn't as frenetic as a game week. He could actually get comfortable with the offense and find some comfort in it. It's like, well, yeah, that makes sense, man. He hasn't, he hasn't been able to do that, and that is a big thing. Like, yeah, he he's not going to be, um, you know, he's not going to be an incredible passer, but he doesn't. He's still learning this offense. So yeah, I think the ceiling can even get higher once he gets more comfortable in what he's doing. Like when you miss ninety percent or eighty percent of pre- practice snap, new offense, he's learning on the job. So it it stands to reason. The more comfortable he gets in this thing, the more it will, the better it will look. Yeah, and no, I agree. I, and I think it's it's kind of remarkable that they've had as much success as they've yeah. had, um, given those circumstances. Um, so yeah, I I think I think this could be a really nice week. That's why I do. That's why I'm kind of confident about how they're going to play at least offense. That's why you're laying the two and a game. half. Is that why you're laying the two Hard, and a half? Heavy, heavy. Yeah, heavy. Hammer. Bet it all. That's I, a lot, I, stone cold lock. I uh, I took the five against Louisville. It didn't work out for me. So Ooh. I feel a little. I'm I'm a little burned. I'm a little I'm a little hurt. I'm uh, jumping back on that horse. It was part of a larger package, and I had some success in some of the other uh, other that avenues that I chose. But uh, but it still hurt. Still hurt. Yeah. yeah, that was over early. At least you weren't at yeah. the end of the game like living and dying yeah. with some meaningless play. Like you, no, you, I wasn't. I wasn't fretting. I didn't yeah. anticipate a backdoor cover or anything like no, that. That yeah. wasn't happening. No, uh, Bauer Sauce writes. Would you Bauer rather have Sauce one? is back? Yep. I thought we had lost them. Would you rather have one superpower or 33% increase in three normal abilities or physical attributes you personally possess? 
Let us keep this simple. If you choose a superpower, pick one and explain why. And if you choose the increases of 33%, tell us which ones and why. Mind you, a 33% increase in intelligence could be a game changer for the minds of you three. But at the end of the day, <laughs> Corey might really want that height boost. P.S. I am calling that Jeff is already too satisfied with himself when it comes to realities and selects flying as his superpower. I like that, Bauer Sauce. That's good. Um, you know, I've thought a lot about flying as a superpower and how, oh, that'd be great because then I don't have to worry about plane, get on planes and... But number one, I'm still going to be scared to bejesus up there, I, I, and it's going to be cold. It's going to be. What am I flying? A hundred feet off the ground? I'm going to fly into a drone, or do I have to go up twenty thousand feet and avoid planes and be in minus twenty degree temperature? How does the flying work? I think the flying you 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 get some sort of suit when you get that power that makes you uh, c- climate controlled. So you're not cold. I'm impervious to cold. I think so. And then... Or am the, I just the, up there in like a George Costanza like parka? I, no, I think the suit keeps you warm. I think it's just okay. part of the flying suit. Um, the it's other, still scary. It, no, but that's imagine? what I was going to... But I think what scares you about flying is because you're out of control. This is right. a, a machine that who knows who's working on it and what whether or not they were drinking all night when they put the propeller on. And, like, and then now you're up in the sky and if something goes wrong, there's no control. If you're the flyer, if you're the pilot of your personal craft and there's no machinery, I think you'd feel pretty confident and you, you grow confident. But, and how fast am I going, man? Like, am I going 20 miles an hour or am I, is it worth the, or am I going 400 miles an hour? I think you control it, man. Like, whatever. Yeah, I'm gonna, I mean, I'm going to hit a bird. I'm going to hit a bird. I'm going to fly it like Sully. I'm going to, and I can't survive it. If I fly into a goose or whatever, a duck, whatever he flew into, I'm dead. Like, if I fly into a goose, just my body at 400 miles an hour? I don't think you get the ability to fly and not have it come with some basic skill to navigate the air. I mean, I I have a feeling that you kind of know how to maneuver and such. The sky is vast, Corey. I don't know if you've noticed. It's hard to run in to a singular goose flying. You'd see him a good distance out and be like, I should probably avoid that goose. I don't think, you know. You You would probably have to get the LASIK. Or some, or start wearing contacts or something. Your yeah, vision, see, your vision also, flying could be a problem. But also, when you're flying 400 miles an hour, a goose could be like, "What is that? Oh, I'm dead!" Like you won't have time to maneuver because you're going so right, fast. And the right, goose so might slow fly down, to you. Then slow down. Well, then what's the point of flying? What do you I mean? I can drive. Flying. It's the point of flying. It's why cool. people people cool. go flying all the time and they don't go 400 miles per hour. Corey would be the, the uh, superhero. 400 miles per hour. The superhero who's the cautious flyer. Yeah, he just, yeah. He's I'm just like circling 50, the city. 50 miles an hour. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. What about if you look, were like, look, constantly looking. Like I'm like a crop <laughs> duster. I'm the crop duster. I just fly and I, I just dust crops and uh, then I go back home. Yeah, that's it. What if you could have the speed of flash? Oh, I'd do that in a heartbeat. But then you run into problems too. I think teleportation would be the number one. If that's a power, I don't even know if that's a superpower. It should be. I don't know if that's listed on the actual that's, list. That's a really good one. But if you could teleport, that that takes everything out of what I was just talking about. You don't have to worry about geese. You don't have to worry about being cold. I'm or, big on teleportation, passion. Corey. I think I'm just like, hey, I want to be in I want to be in San Francisco. Correct. Boom, I'm there. Yep. yep. I, I, like, I would do that as opposed to getting 33. percent What about being thing. invisible? I've always wanted to be invisible. It would be no. cool. I just don't know what it actually does for you. Too stalkery. Than- you, you, you just, you're going to stalk. You're going to be creepy. And I don't want that to open up some part of my brain that I don't want to know is there. Like, oh, I could just, 
I don't even want to, I'm not even going to finish that sentence. But if you're invisible, you could really use it for not good things. Well, I think that's true. I think most of us would start there and do something nefarious. You know, right. you'd like stand outside of Halle Berry's bedroom or something. And then, you know, that's No, probably... you could stand inside her bedroom. Yeah. That's the point. <laughs> Any normal stalker could be outside her bedroom. I, they would know where I was, even though I was invisible. Everybody would be like, he's at Selma Hayek's house, everybody. What are you talking about? He's sitting yeah. out there on the patio. He lives there. You could hear just, him breathing. Just because he's just... invisible doesn't mean you can't hear him breathing. I just have this vision of Corey at the superhero like store and they're like they're granting him his powers and he's like Woody Allen. He's like coming up with all the reasons why each one would suck. Yeah. Like, no, no. What about, you know, all right, we can offer you this. And he's like, no, well, what if this happens? Or what if that happens? I don't know that that's the, uh, the spirit of having a superpower. I know you can see bad things in all of them. I, I think teleportation is my one. That's like, there's no bad, there's no downside to teleportation. I think like super strong, that's a bad, you know, if you hug somebody too hard, you, you squeeze their liver to, you, you squeeze the, all their organs. Um, so I, I think teleportation is the only superpower. Right, I, I do want to, I think we need, before you guys yell at me about not getting to all the questions, let me answer, a, let's get a couple more. All in. right, let's go. Gabe writes, Jeff, Ira, and the captain. It's going to take some time, but fans have to understand that we need to flip this roster. We need to build players up from start to finish in the Norvell mold. Fans need to be patient. No need for bandwagon jumper, bandwagon jumpers. Ira, or panic rash decisions, Jeff and his little soup, but rather live your life with abandon, doors open, reheat microwavable dinners <laughs> like Corey. Oh, Captain, my Captain. There, there you go. go. I like that. I don't reheat them. I just don't, I don't follow the you instructions. don't follow the directions. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, po I'll poke a hole in the film, obviously, but I'm not stirring stuff halfway through. We're just, we're cooking it. We're going to stir like, it afterwards. And... I do like that you take the time to at least poke the holes. I wasn't even no. sure you that yeah just throw it in there and, and yeah. good luck it's like jeff i'm not a caveman i yeah. poke the hole of course i poke a hole i've been poking <laughs> film for years that's all i do is cut the film hey guys love the show over the next two games this is from nick fsu will play immobile quarterbacks pitt and nc state do you think this will help the defense also how many wins do they need for a bowl invite well, i think everybody's bowl yeah. eligible this year right like you, if you just get an invite you could be a two-win team and you're going if, yeah they'll go just... because of the name yeah, if you're a school that can sell some tickets and will get will agree to buy a certain amount of tickets, and and can get them any TV ratings, and Florida State fits the bill, yeah, it's yeah they'll be going to a bowl. More than it is anything else, yeah. So yeah, they'll be to a they'll they'll get to a bowl if they don't win another game. They'll they'll be invited to a bowl. And yeah, man, I think this def these two games, yes, this defense is going to rise up. How many times do I have to tell you? Yes. Yeah. 16. The race is the 16 this Saturday. The next Saturdays. time you're on, Ira, I'm going to have Springsteen cued. Rise up right then. I'll have him yeah. yell it, and uh, it'll be just like uh, just like after 9-11. The power of calling yeah. to rise up the togetherness. This defense will do it. I like it. Uh, Ira, Corey, thanks. We're going to end with you with a 9-11 reference? Is that how we're ending this show? A powerful, uplifting song by Bruce Springsteen after 9-11 that brought the nation together, dumbass. I thought that was called The Rising. The album's called The Rising. The song I'm referencing, Ira knows. Just silence yourself. You don't know what Sorry. Uh, my, hey, my fault. I'm still thinking about the, <laughs> the flying. <laughs> He's still trying I, to figure out what happens if he flies into a goose. Yeah. <laughs> for Ira and Corey, I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be well. Go Knowles. We'll talk to you next time. 
Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, every Tuesday from 5 to 7 p.m. Get more from Jeff, Corey, and Ira via iTunes and in the 97.9 ESPN Radio Audio Vault. This has been a production of 97.9 ESPN Radio, Tallahassee Sports Monster.